Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I have missed recording so much, and I'm so excited to finally be sitting down and recording this episode. If you can't tell by my voice, I am feeling a little bit under the weather. I woke up this morning feeling kind of shitty, and I've literally just been laying down on the couch all day on my phone or watching TV, and I just finished watching The Grinch. So that's how my day has been going. I really don't want my voice to sound annoying or like nasally. I hope I'm giving off Phoebe smelly cat vibes right now. (laughs) If you understand that reference, then I love you. But anyways, okay. I think this episode calls for a huge life update. The last couple months have literally been the like craziest months of my life. If you don't know, I got married actually a month ago on October 22nd and Guys, let me just tell you, the months or weeks leading up to my wedding were absolute freaking hell. I can't begin to describe how much I hated every single part of wedding planning. And there was just absolutely nothing I enjoyed about it. And I wish I was being dramatic, but I am just not a planner. It got to the point where, you know, the florist called me to tell me they couldn't get a certain flower for my bouquet and was asking, you know, what I would like to replace it with or giving me options of something very very similar. And, you know, in my head, I was just like, who the F cares about this? Like, seriously, you could not pay me to care enough to decide on a different flower for my bouquet. And then it just made me think like, wow, there are girls and guys, I guess, who thrive on this stuff. They thrive on controlling every aspect of their wedding to make sure it matches whatever vision they have in their head. Like they thrive on telling people what to do and what they want and all of that. Well, I think for me, my problem is that I never started off with a vision, nor did I even care to have one from the start. When it comes to stuff like this, I am very, very easygoing, but to a fault, actually. I knew very early on that in the large scheme of things, these small decisions would not matter. And guess what? I was right, because I swear I didn't even look at my decor at my wedding until the end of the night when everyone was gone. I knew the color I wanted, I knew somewhat how I wanted my decor to be, but for the most part, I trusted my decorator and was just like, here's some example pictures now, have fun. In all honesty, the last couple weeks were really hard on me. The amount of last minute decisions and choices that I had to make was just absolutely overwhelming. And I really, I think, underestimated how much deciding I had to do. It was stuff like, do you want the ring boy to wear a bow tie or a tie? Do you want the dessert or this dessert or that dessert? Do you want people to stand at the steps for the entrance or closer to the door? Like what? It got to the point where I literally told Ted the last two weeks, I am not making a single decision. Do not ask me one single question pertaining to this wedding. I'm not over-exaggerating. I refuse to make any type of choice related to my wedding. If someone would text me asking for something, I would just, you know, screenshot and send that text over to Ted and have him deal with it. And not that he wasn't helping beforehand. He was as much as he could, but he also was studying for his board exam. So he only had so much time to devote to any planning. But I just really couldn't handle it anymore. I cried almost every day. I fought with my poor mother and even my dad. I went full psycho. And I think I became a bridezilla, but like for the wrong reasons. 
You know, my friends would tell me I'm stressing way too much and that I need to enjoy this time and that I'm going to regret enjoying this time or whatever. But you just could not force me to enjoy the process. And all I wanted was for the day to come and the day to end. And to top it all off, as if I wasn't stressed enough, we had to do a seating chart. I completely stand by my decision, by the way, of doing one. And from the beginning, I told myself this wasn't a negotiable. I was going to have assigned tables, but I could not prepare myself for the freaking headache to come, basically. Thank the Lord that I didn't really have to think about family drama and this person can't sit with this person. It was more so kind of like what people make sense to sit with who and fitting 10 to 11 people per table. And a seating chart, I think, is easy when you have like 200 guests, but nope, we had to organize 550 guests. It was just insane. And of course, doing it with your parents where they all have opinions. It's yeah, I I do not recognize the person I was the last few weeks before I got married. And I regretted not getting a wedding planner. That's what I regret. Not that I missed out on enjoying the process. I just regret not having some type of planner or coordinator because I'm truly the type of person that will pay for convenience. I mean, I'm not kidding. I would have so paid for someone to make these choices or stupid decisions for me. Moral of the story, guys, is that when you're planning something big like a wedding, really assess the kind of person you are when it comes to planning. I'm not kidding. Put thought into what actually matters to you and what doesn't. So from the beginning, you're setting boundaries for yourself on what you're willing to take on and what you're willing to give up. Piggybacking off my wedding, let's talk about what it's really like to have a traditional Assyrian wedding. I think it's safe to say that, you know, most people believe their wedding day is for the bride and the groom. It's your day and no one else's. Okay, well, for Assyrians and I'm sure many other cultures, that's just not the case. And I got really sick and tired of people telling me it's your day. Reality is, it's not just my day. The day is for four other very important people, which is both sets of parents. If you're going the traditional route and you have parents who are very traditional people, then you have to take into account that they are going to want certain things their way. Now, is it up to you to decide if you're going to respect their wants and wishes? Sure. But is it going to be an easy battle? Absolutely not. I think for Ted and I, we both had parents that wanted, you know, certain things for the wedding. For example, we really could not have a small wedding if we let our parents invite everyone they felt like they needed to invite. There were also things like where they wanted the ceremony and reception to be, who they wanted to be included in the wedding party, who they wanted seated close to the family tables, and so on. I can't think of anything else that I'm sure is much more important than those things that I just listed, but those are some of the things that are just coming to my mind right now. And I very, very early on had known I did not want to fight that fight. I love my parents. I love Ted's parents. And I wanted them happy as much as I wanted to be happy on that day. And maybe not everyone will agree with me on that. Controversial, I know. But in all honesty, I don't think it's easy just saying no and not caring about what others want when it came to our wedding. I am just not that person. And I have never been. I have never been, you know, that type of person who has done what I wanted to do without considering how it would would make others feel. 
there, I think there are like two different type of people, those who believe, you know, they need to do what they want to do that will make them happy. And those that don't like to put others down for the sake of their happiness. And I think I'm like that. I am my happiest when others around me are happy. Now, of course, with the wedding, that's a little different because there were certain things we wanted that didn't really align with what our families wanted. And I'm going to be honest here, and I may get shit from it by our families, hopefully not, but both sets of parents had their own belief of what church they wanted us to get married in. And Ted and I really had to fight for what we wanted. And it was one of those things that we knew very early on, this was non-negotiable. It was something we knew was going to be a problem from the beginning of our relationship, to be honest. I don't want to get into the whole church drama thing with Assyrians, but for those, you know, Assyrians listening, you know what a sensitive topic this is sometimes. And in my opinion, it's literally the most annoying topic or discussion to have. But um, what I'm trying to say about respecting our parents' wishes is that I know or we knew what we were willing to accept from our parents, even if it wasn't something that we would have chosen and what we knew we had to fight for. That part was really hard because for both of us, I think our parents still viewed us as babies. Like we're 27 years old, but treated like we we were 18 sometimes and couldn't make decisions on our own. And so that makes it hard for our parents to see, na- see us kind of as grown adults who are capable of making grown adult decisions without their approval. Actually, that was like really hard for our parents to kind of understand, especially since Ted is, is you know, the first son who's getting married and I'm the baby of my family. It sometimes felt like the disagreements had less to do with the actual wedding, but more so to do with us needing our autonomy or wanting our parents to see us as adults. Actually, now that I think about it, that was probably exactly that, that maybe we chose certain things our way because we wanted that sense of autonomy. See, there's always a big picture or a bigger meaning to things. As I reflect, I think autonomy and independence, you know, making your own decisions has kind of been at the forefront in these last few years of my life, especially since I didn't get that. I Or I, you know, up until now, I didn't get that. My parents view autonomy as something that you earn after you're married. So a lot of my fights with them with them in my early, mid, and now late 20s were, I am capable of making my own decision and I don't want to feel like I am disappointing you if my decision is different from yours. I'm not going to lie. I think I was a huge reason that this kind of continued to be a problem in my life because I would still reinforce that notion that I'm not an independent being outside of you because of how much I just wanted to please them all the time. And I didn't want to hurt them by not following something that they wanted me to do. So I kind of gave into that as well, just because it sometimes was easier than fighting my way through that dependence or independence, I should say. The only thing that I really stuck to was when I got engaged to Ted and he moved to Virginia about going and visiting him because my parents weren't comfortable with me flying across the country and staying with my fiance. In the Assyrian culture, that's that's a no-no, right? But that was something that was just absolutely non-negotiable. Like I'm 26, 27 years old you can no longer tell me I can't go visit my fiance for two and a half years of my life. Like that was absolutely ridiculous. And I think that was kind of the start of my kind of demanding autonomy and not so much waiting until I earned it. 
Okay, so enough on that topic. I feel like I can make a whole episode about being autonomous and independence and lack thereof when you're in a Middle Eastern culture, even as old as you are. Like I know people who are in their 40s and not married and their parents still try to tell them what to do. But okay, let's get into what it's like being married. So for those who don't know, Ted and I never lived together, obviously. Uh, For some, this may be a shocker, like the non-Assyrian people listening, considering we were dating for over nine years. For others who are also Middle Eastern, like this is not a surprise at all. So when I say married life, I mean living together life. Because what other thing is different in marriage compared to couples that live together? I don't know. That you file your taxes jointly? I don't know. Anyways, living together has definitely been an experience. I would not trade it for the world, obviously, but it was kind of an adjustment. Ted and I went to Italy for our honeymoon right after our wedding. So we came back from the trip and boom, we were like unpacking our stuff together, which to me was just so weird. Not weird. I should just say new. It's not weird. I always talk about this with my parents going back to the whole living together before marriage, because I think it is strange how parents in our culture switch up their entire belief system in a matter of hours. Like up until the day before the wedding, we're still not able to live together, sleep together. My mom still calls me asking where I am, tells me what I'm wearing is inappropriate. And then boom, it's just the day of the wedding and all of that just ends. That is how strongly they cling onto the culture or influenced by the culture that things can be so black and white for them. A equals B and that's it. You're married now. We no longer have to deal with this stuff. Like the very first thing a family member said to me when I saw them after the honeymoon was, like, oh my gosh, when I tell you I wanted to freaking die. And for those who don't know what that means, basically they said, may your bed be blessed, as in the bed I had sex with my husband in. Seriously, you think that this person would have ever mentioned anything about my bed before with a boy before marriage? Absolutely not. But now it's like sex is expected. It's a blessing because now it leads to children. You know, that is in like their traditional set of eyes. But going back to living together, it's just so much fun being with your best friend, honestly, every day, especially for Ted and I, because we've been waiting for this for so long. Like this is the moment in our lives that has been what we've been after in the entirety of our relationship. And yeah, it sucked that it took this long, but it is so rewarding. And there are so many new experiences that just come along with living together, you know? People ask me if I've learned anything new about him, and no, I wouldn't say new. We know each other so well, even without living together, but it's more so kind of dealing with like certain habits constantly. I learned very early on, I do not like cooking with Ted. I hate cooking together, actually. And it's going to be something I have to get used to because I don't always want to feel this way. But I know that I can sometimes be controlling and I do things differently than he would. Not saying my way is the right way, but like I may cut a vegetable in a certain size and he may cut it in a different size. And then if I say something or want to fix it, I get in my head and that it's going to make him irritated or annoyed that I'm being controlling even though I know he would care less that I cut something up differently than he would. But it's just it's just a lot, you know? We're both kind of learning how to cook too. And I think that's what makes it hard because I am someone who does best with independent learning and I hate group work. And cooking together feels exactly like that. It feels like group work. 
oh my God, he's going to get so annoyed hearing this. But you know, self-awareness. I know what my problem is. I know what I need to do to fix it. I know this won't always be an issue, so it's fine. I'll get over it. But for now, I hate it. And that's okay. Let's see, what else? Um, I also hate to admit this, but I am more like my mother than I thought I would be. I truly cannot stand when the house is dirty, guys. Oh my God, when I finally organized all my plates and cups and stuff I got for my bridal shower, I didn't want anyone to use or touch them because I wanted them to stay nice and clean and perfect for forever. I also hate random things lying around in the living room. I'm the type of person that will have the bedrooms looking like a mess. I don't even want to go into the two guest rooms right now to clean, but yeah, I will shove everything in there just for the living room and kitchen to look tidy. I also thought I'd hate cleaning every weekend, but I actually really enjoy it. Wow, you guys, who am I? I hope my mom's not listening so she can say I told you so. I do want to segue into something more serious. Well, actually, it's not that serious at all, but... Every time you think you're done with one stage of life, there's one that just pops up after it, right? We checked off getting married, and now what's next for us? Babies, hopefully. I want to be very open with our journey to get pregnant, which some of you may be like, bro, relax, you got married like three weeks ago, which like, bro, I know, we're just trying to start a family, you know? In all seriousness, we both want to have children right away. I joke about wanting to be pregnant so fast. People have to like count back the months to make sure I wasn't pregnant at the wedding. (laughs) I know pregnancy is not easy for everyone and Ted and I have no idea what it's going to be like for us in terms of timing, but we do want it to happen and are trying, you know, you know what I'm saying? I have the ovulation tests and prenatals and tracking and all of that down. So who knows? Before we even got married, actually, I wanted both of us to go to the doctor and get checked just to make sure everything is working out all right and, you know, functioning. I know there are so many possible reasons why someone can't get pregnant, but I was just thinking proactively, like, let's get my uterus size and cervix checked to make sure it's baby ready. But I guess you can't freaking do that because our healthcare system is all about being reactive to our health instead of proactive. They told us that we need to be trying for at least a year before they'd consider checking anything else further. But in my head, that just does not make sense at all. Why would I want to waste, or I shouldn't even say waste, but why would I want to wait a whole year of trying just for them to maybe tell me something's wrong? We know we want to be parents and we've talked about what that means for us in terms of, you know, the traditional way to have a child and get pregnant. And we both know that our end goal is just to be a mom and dad. And if it's not in the traditional way, then it's fine. But like, give me a heads up to save myself from a year's disappointment. And, you know, I know some people may think that it's rushing it and not trusting the timing, which I get how it would seem that way. But it just goes back to what you as a couple want in life and care about and everyone's different. Some people will try to get pregnant for 10 years and not want to have a child any other way because they value having a baby traditionally so much, which is absolutely amazing for them. But every couple, you know, has different values and beliefs. I also don't want to make any decisions too fast. You know, I do acknowledge that we're both still young. People on average now aren't having kids until what, 33? All I'm saying is that I just don't see myself being that type of person trying for years and years to have a baby when I know there are other options out there for us. What do I know, though? I may change my mind once we're in it a little bit more and experiencing those disappointments, or should I call them dis- yeah, disappointments, but that's what life is all about. You may believe one thing today and you may believe something else tomorrow. 
we're all changed by our lived experiences. And I think it's just important to always be open to new ideas and new and understanding that like your values may change in the future and what you believe may change in terms of like what you truly want for yourself. So that is much more open that I wanted to be about this conversation. That's, I guess, all I'm going to say on that. And I'll keep you guys updated. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening to Housewife in Training. And for those asking, yes, just because I'm married now doesn't mean my name's changing. I am always going to be in training. Let's be honest. Your girl has lots to learn. I'm never going to be proficient, nor do I ever want to be a proficient in that area of, you know, housewife stuff. And um, it's just fun. It's a fun name and I want to keep it. So with that said, please subscribe to Housewife and Training on, what is it? Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and follow my page, Housewife and Training underscore. And um, look for my stories that I post after the episode to answer questions and take a little quiz. Um, that's it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.